Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Here I am in the loo. I'm talking to you. I'm not in the loo. Why did I say that? Whoa. Nearly dropped the microphone. I'm not in the loo. Why did I say that? I'll tell you why I said that. Because it rhymed. And I was making it up on the spot. Anyway, let's get started. Will I include this bit in the podcast? We will see. Right. Hello, listeners. I hope you're doing fine today. And I mean that, and I sincerely hope that you're doing okay, and that whatever your surroundings are, that my podcast brings you some level of comfort, even just in the audio realm. Uh, You know that my main aim with this podcast is to help you with your English with these episodes by either teaching you language directly, or just providing you with a natural source of spoken English with my content. But also, I hope to give you some enjoyment as a bell rings in the background. The tolling of the bell. Is it significant? What does this mean? It's six o'clock. That's what it means. So what was I saying? Yes, my main aim with these episodes is to help you with your English, right? Natural source, A natural source of spoken English. But also, I hope to give you some enjoyment And if that is any kind of remedy for the more serious and difficult things which are going on, then I'm glad. Right, so recently I was in London, wasn't I? Remember? It's weird that you know what's going on in my life. Well, it's not weird. It's not weird, Luke. You told everyone on the podcast. Ah. So, anyway, I was in London, staying at my brother James's place for a long weekend. You might remember that. I talked about it. So in the episode that we recorded together on the Friday about the royal family, I mentioned that I was planning to record two conversations with James, one about the royals and another episode about whatever we felt like talking about. Now, you heard the one about the royals, of course, but we didn't actually get round to doing the second one. But a few listeners got in touch with me Wondering about the second conversation with James. What about the second conversation with James that you promised? Was the general sort of uh, thing. So it seems that uh, James has a bit of a fan club out there, which is no surprise, I would say. So just the day before yesterday, very specific, Luke. Why, Why so specific? Well, I could have just said recently or yesterday, but you know those words, don't you? So I thought I'd actually tell you when it was and use the right phrase for it, which is the day before yesterday. So we've got today, yesterday, and then the day before yesterday. And what do we call, what do we call the one before that? Well, it's Tuesday, but you don't know that. Um, You've got today, yesterday, the day before yesterday, and the day before that, or the day before, the day before yesterday. 
hmm, are you keeping up with this? And then we've got into the future we have today, obviously, tomorrow, and then the day after tomorrow. And then the next one is the day after that, or the day after the day after tomorrow. So you've got today in the past, yesterday, and the day before yesterday, and the day before the day before yesterday, also known as Tuesday. (laughs) Is this necessary? What about the introduction? I I wanted to do this in less than 15 minutes. Anyway, so just the day before yesterday, I sent James a WhatsApp message to see when he might be free to record another episode online this time. And he immediately wrote back saying, you know what, I can do it now if you want. So I had about an hour before I had to go and get my daughter from school. So I wrote back saying, yes, great, let's do it. And a few minutes later, we were recording a conversation. And that is what you're going to hear in this episode. Now, my intention with episodes like this is to let you listen to a natural conversation in English with all the usual features of spontaneous speaking. And if you like, you can imagine that you're just in the room with James and me as we have a bit of a chat. Now, conversations, I say room, I mean the online room. Now, conversations like this between friends, or in this case, brothers, usually go in lots of different directions, don't they? They don't just stick to one topic. They move from one thing to the other. They wind this way and that. There are tangents. There are serious moments. There are funny moments. That's how informal conversations work. Yes, we're rambling, basically. I mean, I'm rambling right now, too which is true. I'm rambling about how this episode features plenty of rambling. It's like rambling on the top of rambling, like inception for rambling. Anyway, so here is a rundown of the topics that come up in this conversation. I'm saying this to give you a kind of roadmap, as if to say, here's the main route or path of this journey today. We're going to go here, then here, and then here, and then here. I didn't mean to say that in the voice of Barack Obama, but it just happened. Not even a very good impression. We're going to go here and then here. So, right, I'm just giving you a roadmap just in order to give you an overview of the conversation, which might help your comprehension. Instead of presenting you with a slow scripted conversation, I'm effectively throwing you in at the deep end, but also throwing you a rubber ring. So at least you have a fighting chance of not drowning. It's like, okay, listen to this, but here's a little bit of help. So here is that roadmap, okay? And it's a it's a mix of serious stuff and not serious stuff. So we start with the and I'm not, you know, I don't mean to spoil the episode. I don't think this will spoil things if I just kind of summarize it in advance. If anything, it'll help you understand and follow. So we start with the recently hot weather in Europe. And uh, when that turns to the slightly depressing but important subject of the climate crisis, we decide to transition to a different subject because we're trying to keep it light, you see. And we talk about what we both had for lunch and about eating habits and the challenge of eating five portions of fruit and vegetables a day, plus the pros and cons of eating salmon on a regular basis. That's that's the fish, right? Salmon, not salmon. Okay, not the L is silent. Salmon, not salmon. So yeah, the pros and cons of eating salmon all the time. Then James shares what he was doing before I called him, trying to update a website using WordPress and PHP. And we talk about horrible moments when you get error messages when you're working on a computer. 
During my lunch that day, I was watching the new Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars TV series on Disney+. And we talk about that. Just a few brief comments, really, not a full review. See if you can spot the vocabulary that James uses to describe the show. This leads us to wonder about Jawas from Star Wars. Jawas are these little side characters that appear in the Star Wars universe. Star Wars people know them. Jawas. We wonder about Jawas and the mystery of what they really look like under their brown hoods. Uh, And don't worry, the Star Wars chat is kept to a minimum. Then we turn to the subject of rock music concerts and Neil Young's live concert video called Rust Never Sleeps, which appears to feature some Jawas on the stage, which is a bit odd. We also talk about some other classic rock music festival movies, including Woodstock, The Rolling Stones at Altamont and The Last Waltz. So get your denim jacket ready for that. Uh, We describe Jimi Hendrix's historic version of the Star-Spangled Banner performed at Woodstock, which also became an astounding statement against the Vietnam War. We give some responses to comments from listeners on our recent conversation about the royal family and also questions about why James doesn't appear on video in my episodes. James describes his recent experience of seeing the Alan Partridge live comedy stage show called Stratagem at the O2 Arena in London recently. So basically he gives a kind of review of a comedy show that he saw in a big venue Recently, he he gives a review of the show and of the venue, and he describes a fight between two guys, which happened in the bar afterwards. Uh, We dissect some frogs, meaning we explain a few bits of comedy, uh, specifically several jokes from the Alan Partridge show featuring an Irish character also played by Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan plays Alan Partridge, but also he plays this other character from Ireland. And this leads us back to more serious matters and the subject of Irish protest songs associated with the IRA, that's the Irish Republican Army, protest songs, which would normally never be played on the BBC. But it happened in an episode of the Alan Partridge TV show, this time with Alan Partridge on BBC One. And that was quite a surprising and fairly significant moment in the history of the BBC actually. You might learn a little bit about Irish and British relations there, and also you can hear a clip of an Irish accent as well. So there are some other bits and pieces too, but I'll say no more here in this introduction. I think that's probably enough. I hope you can keep up with the conversation. I will chat to you again a little bit at the end. But now let's chat to James, or as my daughter calls him, Jamie. Hi, James. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. Good. Thanks. Good. It's really hot today. It's really hot. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the weather. It's like, it's like too hot. Do you know what temperature it is? No, it's just too hot is the temperature. Do you want me to check? Yeah, it's temperature at which English people start to melt. And, and, and have barbecues. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, all right. I'm Sorry, looking- I've got a bit of chips stuck in my throat. <laughs> 
cut that out, please. Ch- charming. <clears throat> I will, because that's like a, a, a definite podcast um, no, no, no. no no in my book, like the sounds of uh, food being consumed or the sounds of coughing and cl- the clearing of throats. Well, maybe you could keep this bit in and just cut out the sound. That's what I'll do. You could cover it up with a with a sort of like ambient section of music or some birds tweeting like they do on the BBC when someone swears. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In London today, it is apparently it's twenty seven degrees. Uh, what time is it? It's 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 like one fifty. It's just after lunchtime your time. So it's apparently it's twenty seven degrees. Feels like twenty eight degrees now. Some people in the world will be laughing in in uh, at the idea that that is uncomfortably hot. Some people would be going, my God, that uh, oh, sounds amazing. Laugh away. They can laugh uh, as on, much as they like. On, on Friday, apparently, it's going up to 33. Yeah. Well, I can that be- is ridiculous. I can beat that here on the continent, uh, in continental Europe. I can beat that. So on, let me just check my weather app on my phone here. Um, so Friday, here in Paris... Uh, Friday afternoon, it's going to be 34 degrees, but it's going to feel like 37 degrees, which, as far as I'm concerned, means it will be 37 degrees, right? If it feels yeah, like... I don't understand that feels like thing. Like, what does that mean? I, I have talked about that before. I've said, what does that mean? That's, that's ridiculous. How can it be both 34 and, and feel like, but feel like 37? How can it be 34 degrees and feel like 37? That doesn't make sense. And of course, someone wrote to me and said, well, actually, Luke, here's the science behind that. And they explained it. So um, I don't really remember, though. But Is it it's, something to do with the breeze, lack of breeze or lack of moving air or something? Relative humidity and stuff like that. Right, right. Okay. Relative to what, though? Relative to, yeah. Too much perspective. <laughs> Too much <laughs> humidity now, isn't it? Uh, and I haven't finished. And check this out. Saturday afternoon, it's going to be 38 degrees in Paris, but it will feel like 41 degrees. What? Yeah. This is getting dangerous. It's getting silly, isn't it? It's already silly, James. The, the I'm not really happy about it, to be honest. I'm deeply, I'm deeply concerned about it. No joke. Global warming. I mean, it's, it's kicking off, isn't it? Well, it's already kicked off. It's 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 in full swing now, isn't it? I mean, there's no. Are we not beyond the point of no return? I don't even want to think about it. It's horrible. Neither do I. I mean, obviously, we should talk about it. Everyone should. You know, it's we shouldn't just be hiding from the from reality. But um, I don't know. I've 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 never thought that Luke's English podcast is the is the is the forum to solve all of the world's problems i mean i just try and focus on the english and yeah. stuff but um but still yeah that is a it's rather a disturbing thought about what's yeah. going to well, happen that's a dark beginning a dark beginning let's try and lighten the mood a little bit but you just ate a lunch dark. A dark yeah well beginning. i don't know if it counts as lunch i had egg and chips that's lunch why would that not be lunch because yeah. it's not really all the food groups is it it's just you know the salt flavored food groups you got egg that's that's like your protein, protein. and some omega omega chips. 3 omega 3 and and chips that's that's Carbs. one of your does that that's carbohydrate isn't it but potatoes yeah, yeah. potassium rich in potassium rich in potassium lovely potassium yum 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 i did have a banana earlier so i've had one of my five a day right a bit more planning pati- on having Sorry, we keep cutting each other off. 
planning on having an apple later. All right. That's, that's good. That's two. How often do you get your five fruit and veg a day? Not enough. If I'm with my girlfriend, more more frequently. Yes, because she's very good at that, right? Girls are better at that kind of thing, aren't they? Uh, five, five portions of fruit and vegetables. Just eating healthily and not just being an idiot. <laughs> basically <laughs> generally yeah i think it's probably fair to say that yeah that's right but it's, it's actually quite hard to get five portions of it's surprisingly hard um i know some people are going no it's not it's what are you talking about it's really easy just have a a bowl of five different types of vegetables and you're fine yeah yeah um you know great grated carrot a bit of uh maybe some beans and stuff like that some pulses pulses <laughs> are they they're types of of um of of bean or seed or pea I think it's basically a bean isn't it i don't really know what is a pulse a pulse i thought it was like what your heart the pumping of the heart that you can feel yeah, if you okay. put your fingers on your wrist you can feel your pulse but i don't think that there are beans and peas being pushed around our body by our heart that i don't think so maybe science will suddenly discover one day breaking news pulses are not just blood, but beans and peas that are being pushed through the body. That's why you should eat more vegetables. No one's, that's not going to happen, of course, listeners. Pulse, pulse, um, pea, I'm Googling. Pulse pea. It's a pea. What are pulses? It's the first thing. Very important. Pulses, this is from usapulses.org, an American website. Um, what are pulses? Pulses are the dry, edible seeds of plants in the legume family, including chickpeas, lentils, dry peas and beans. Pulses are an excellent source of protein, fibre and other key nutrients. Mm, lovely nutrients. Mm, yum, 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 yum. So there you go. You were right, James. I think. Not as much. Okay, good. So you've had your pulse. You, no, you haven't had your pulses, but if you were with your girlfriend, no. she'd be giving you pulses <laughs> she yeah i don't think she's even that into the pulse sort of thing but um i don't know let's let's move on from the pulse let's move on from the pulses shall we okay what have you been doing this morning can i ask uh you can ask um although actually technically wait a minute james i just said what have you been doing this morning and it's 1 50 p.m so that grammatically and factually doesn't work i'd have to say what did you do this morning I have to correct myself in situations like that. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. Uh, I've been trying to do some website maintenance, which I'm not very good at, to be honest. Don't tell anyone. But <laughs> not, really my, not really my forte. Uh, updating PHP and uh, WordPress types and uh, WordPress, what do you call it? WordPress. Going, going from like yeah uh Number, numbers <laughs> going from two to three versions or wordpress versions right wordpress versions see i don't even know what it's called that's how bad i am you, you know how to do it but you don't necessarily know how to talk about it in yeah you don't know in, yeah in, in, in english in the yeah in english and in well can you talk about it in in another language no <laughs> <laughs> um and i actually managed to crash a website i was using i was working on and it said a fatal error has occurred you know everyone's favorite message and then i panicked and started freaking out and uh, getting very worried and then i did a bit of digging and sort of tweaking and then it came back so not fatal so well it wasn't fatal no 
Um, it was fatal for a minute, but then it was resuscitated. I don't know. It came back from the dead somehow. It came back from the dead, like Spinal Tap. So I'm, yeah, that's, that's that. Okay. Yeah, what a horrible message. There, there are various horrible messages that we receive on our devices sometimes, like a fatal error has occurred. It's just like, ah, no, and other things. I mean, you use a Mac, but I remember, in, do you remember in the days when we all used to use PCs? And you would do something, and the PC would go shung. Do you remember that noise? Shung. Yeah, yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, it's not nice. It's not nice. And then there's the blue screen of death, which is on the spinning wheel of death. You know, it's this is not good. It's all sorts of horrible things that can happen. The spilling umbrella that's that's like the the multicolored umbrella of doom. Yeah, that's right. Many different uh, different things, different scenarios, which are all bad. You know, during the during my lunch, and I mean, since we're sharing what we ate, I feel like I should get involved. I asked you, um, so I sh- it's only right that I tell mm, you. So, what- Luke, what did you have for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, uh, salmon and rice and beans. Check me out. Woo! You you eat salmon quite often, don't you? Yeah, we try and eat salmon a couple of times a week. Yeah. Not vegetarian or vegan or pescatarian, but uh, just try and eat salmon because it tastes good and it's apparently quite good for you. I'm sure there Excellent. are someone's jumping up and down right now going, but if you eat salmon, then yeah, you're a terrible person. There's probably someone thinking that. Factory farm salmon, it's not in very good condition and uh, there's mercury in the water supply and the salmon dies downer isn't it the salmon <laughs> dies when you eat it or when it before you eat you know well it, yeah the salmon does have to die as part of the process if you're eating it yeah, yeah that's another thing it's so hard to navigate through the world making all the right moral choices isn't it it's a moral I'd maze. Say it's impossible yeah mm. but uh while i was eating my lunch i switched on um disney plus Another moral decision: Should I should I subscribe to Disney Plus? I think that you failed there again. Uh, yeah, but I have subscribed to Disney Plus in order to keep up with the latest Star Wars stuff because for some reason I'm still I still feel um, invested in the Star Wars universe. Um, and anyway, so the I've been watching Kenobi, the the Obi Wan Kenobi, the series. Now we've talked about this before, if you remember that I I, yes. I pitched to you my my version of the show. Um, Which would sounds much better than the one they actually made. Yeah, because when I was in London with you, um, I did we did watch the first two or three episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, what do you think? What did you think of it? I mean, I kind of checked out of the Star Wars franchise some time ago, emotionally. So uh, I don't really care. But uh, it was pretty crap, I thought. Yeah. For various reasons, lots of reasons. But no one really seems to be... I mean, what's his name? Uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. didn't. He seemed to be sort of phoning it in slightly. You think? Well, maybe he was just playing it sort of subtly. But um, it was kind of... Uh, the whole thing just felt a bit lackluster. That's a good word, isn't it? That's a nice word. Lackluster. L-A-C-K-L-U-S-T-R-E. Lackluster. Just meaning? Well, luster is something that shines, like gold is has a luster to it. 
So lacking luster is lacking sort of shine and, and you know, nice niceness. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a bit dull and not really much life going on. It, But, you know, some people disagree. It, it seems that a lot of people on the internet, whatever that means... Um, a lot of people. A lot of people. Because everyone's on the internet now, so it's just people now. When are we going to stop saying people on the internet and just say people? Yeah, when, when we completely shift over to the Matrix... Oh god. Oh god, yeah, another depressing thought. Oh, let's keep it light. Keep it let's light. Let's keep it light. Keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> um so but it seems that I, I, a lot of people seem to really love the show. Um and these these are probably people who are a bit younger than us, James, and who people who who grew up with the prequel trilogy of Star Wars films from the 90s and the noughties the ones who grew up love with that and sort of really feel emotionally invested in that because this this is a bit it's kind of connected to the prequel films um, well, I'm, I'm happy for them i'm glad they're enjoying it you know i mean it was there was bits of it that were quite good um i didn't like how the ewoks you saw ewok not ewoks fuck uh jawas <laughs> jawas yeah those evil ewoks you know those ones with glowing eyes no the jawas <laughs> do you think they are cousins of ewoks somehow that underneath nah. underneath that they're like little ewoks or something but i didn't think they looked very good close up but no they didn't really cause... i like the mystery of just a little hood and the little glowing eyes i like the kind of mystery of not knowing what was really under there jawas and then you see them and it's just like it's sort of dark hood with little eyes popping out yeah like they don't really seem to have a face or anything it's just this shape with two little eyes that glow and it's, it's like well what's the what's the fun in that it's like they're little people with with black socks over their heads and two yeah. glowing eyes that have been stuck on but yeah like you said to me before when we were kids and we watched star wars i always thought that ewoks were sort of not ewoks jawas right <laughs> fucking keep getting confused with Ewoks and Jawas for Christ's sake and then half my audience are going wait are they talking about Ewoks or Jawas this is very important um, no the Jawas oh dear in Star Wars right ladies and gents these are those little characters incidental characters who go around with like brown hoods on and they go what are they what are the, some of the noises they make it's good it's good and no no ooh and different noises like that. I'm low. I'm low. Escapon. Yeah. They make all these funny little noises. I always thought. Yeah, they're great, great sound effects. Wonderful. But um, uh, yeah, I like you. I always thought under those hoods that they were somehow maybe like half robot, half creature, and they had like these. Uh, electric eyes but it was never we could never quite see what was going on inside those hoods but I always imagined they looked a bit like sand people uh, some kind of like combination of technology and organic yeah. matter but no they're just make, yeah that would make that would make more sense have you seen the I know you have the uh, Neil Young live show with the uh, the road eyes you know what? I've never actually seen the video. I've got the album. What? I've got the what? live. This is so, listeners. We're talking about Neil Young, the rock musician from Canada, um, and yeah, I'm a big, big Neil Young fan. Oh, I've got it. I'm looking at it on the shelf now. It's called Rust Never Sleeps. Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Rust Never Sleeps. Yeah, I've got the audio album, but I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen the film unless well, our uncle begin- showed it to us once. Yeah, at the beginning. 
basically Jawas come out onto stage bringing on their like roadies, but they're Jawas. Sounds a bit spinal tap already. No, it is very spinal tap, the whole thing. And he calls them road eyes because uh. they've got glowing eyes. But they are essentially Jawas. And they're setting up the microphones and uh, the, the amps and stuff. <laughs> it's brilliant. And while this is happening, there's all these classic announcements from uh, Woodstock playing. Like, uh, stay away from the towers. And uh, there's a... You could take this as many grains of salt as you like, but uh, there's a warning on the brown acid that uh, you stay away from the brown acid. Wow. So he's... Wait, things like that. He's playing... He's kind of reminiscing about the golden era of the 60s in his world. Right, I see. There's these classic... It's it's, it's just weird. It's kind of samples, basically, of, of um, Woodstock So during, during the introduction to his concert... Uh, yeah. in this concert movie which and the concert took place in the late 70s during during that yeah. ta- during that concert introduction he's playing audio samples while all of the equipment's being set up f- of real announcements that were made during the Woodstock festival of 1969 and it's and they all of- say things like no rain no rain if we all get together and think hard enough we can make the rain clouds go away, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember this. that. I remember that because our uncle Nick made me a compilation tape of Neil Young stuff uh, years and years ago when I in when I was like sixteen, and um, it included some of those sound samples. No rain, no rain. Yeah. And despite their chanting, it continued to rain. Yeah, and stay away from the towers. And the thing about the brown acid being a bummer and all that is quite funny. Which is apparently true at Woodstock. There was, everyone was on acid, right? Oh, sounds horrible. It does, doesn't it? Oh, yuck. No water, no beer, no food, no toilets. Just like, no thanks. Just thousands of hippies in a field. Can you imagine the state of them? I mean, have you seen the full movie? It's quite a long movie. Yeah, we watched it together recently, yeah. It's good. It's really good. It's it's the best way to experience Woodstock, I think, is on telly from the safety of your own home. (laughs) (laughs) The Woodstock Festival listeners, right? That that big um, music festival that happened just somewhere outside New York in 1969 um what what do you what's your what's the highlight of the movie for you directed by martin scorsese by the way wasn't it or filmed no no no, come on he was involved getting mixed up you're getting mixed up with um the last waltz no you're getting mixed up with um altamont no i'm not which was partially filmed by george lucas that's another one that's the rolling stones sort of uh, music uh, festival show which ended horribly with violence and stuff the hell's ended in disaster began and ended in disaster yeah horrible. total disaster but Woodstock uh, freaking Woodstock I think somebody died one person died and someone was born so the same number of people left <laughs> that arrived <laughs> <laughs> wait someone died they, they got run over by a tractor or something and another person so, yeah. at the Woodstock and a baby was born at the Woodfox Woodfox no Woodstock festival yeah, one person died and a baby was born. So yeah, the same number of people arrived <laughs> and left. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Woodstock Film. I just want to know the director. Directed by Michael Waldley. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, edited by Martin Scorsese. He was one of the uh, okay. editors, well, Scorsese and Thelma, Thelma Schoonmaker. But I was getting confused between Woodstock and The Last Waltz, which is another great concert movie, also featuring Neil Young uh, and various others, uh, Bob Dylan and stuff. And that was directed by Martin Scorsese. There but the highlight of Woodstock for me is either The Who or Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. The, the Star Spangled It has to be Banner. Hendrix, really. Yeah, and he comes out basically at dawn, or yeah, it's not basically at dawn. It's, it's after the dawn. The sun has just come up, and there's a you know the crowd has dwindled. I think it was on the last night, so it's not as big a crowd as it had been, but it's kind of a lot of people still there, and they probably I'm assuming they've been awake for several days, and um, it's just incredible. And Jimmy just it's it's. Uh, it's an incredible performance when he does the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, which is the American national anthem, of course. Yeah, right? it's Everyone? basically like a sort of Vietnam statement, as far as I could tell. It sounds like a war going on when he's playing it. Yeah, so just for it's, listeners it's who don't... It transcends pop music. Absolutely. I mean, it's just an incredible moment, an absolutely incredible moment. For listeners who don't know, so obviously Jimi Hendrix, some people don't know who he is, which is a bit sad, but Hendrix was a guitarist. He really just recorded music and was on the scene for only, like, properly for only about three years, 1967 to 1970, when, tragically, he died. Um, but um, He choked on vomit. He cho- He actually choked on vomit. He was they his, never actually found out who's... No, they did find out who's vomit. It was his own vomit, in this case. Although some people think he may have been whacked by... What? people he may have pissed off because apparently in his early days he signed a lot of contracts that were legally supposedly legally binding to people like you know connected people like the the like organized criminals yeah <laughs> and um criminals. he obviously broke all those contracts and there's there's theories there's theories but i don't know how believable they are he owed a lot of people money and stuff so some people uh seem to think that maybe he he was killed rather than just dying because he drank lots of red wine and eaten some barbiturates which meant that he he sort of vomited in his sleep and then didn't wake up and it's disgusting really it's sad but um okay but yeah i don't know i don't know maybe like, but, but there are similar theories. Like, there are similar theories about Bruce Lee and stuff like that. You know, the way he died in slightly sub- suspicious circumstances, and there are various yeah. theories out there that, or, or you know, suggestions that he was killed by someone as well. But anyway, the point is that Jimi Hendrix, yes, in this early morning performance at Woodstock, yeah, he he came out with his white Fender Stratocaster guitar and started playing the American National Anthem. Now, normally, the, your first impression is, oh, this is great patriotic sort of all-American moment. And it's like, yeah, man. But then, because Hendrix was such an incredible guitarist and he was able to uh, get all of these amazing noises out of his guitar... He used distortion and feedback and his wah-wah pedal and the tremolo arm on his guitar and all of his other special tricks and techniques. He started making his guitar, yeah, produce the sounds of war. So it sounded like planes coming over, dropping bombs, explosions, screaming. 
It's it's actually very upsetting and moving. The performance. He was in the army as well, wasn't he? He was in the uh, infantry or airborne. No, he was in the airborne. I think he was in the hundred and first airborne. Yeah. yeah, paratroopers. He didn't last long in the army, no. but yeah. So it becomes a huge anti-war uh, message, which you know is very powerful. Quite powerful. We need more of that. We really are rambling, aren't we? That's all right. That's the that's the point of this episode, James. The last time, I, do you remember at the beginning of the last episode, I said that um, I was at your place and that we wanted to record several episodes. One that was really focused on the Queen and the royal family and that whole question, and then another one where we could just ramble about whatever we want. Rambling's okay. Yeah. How did it go go down? That um, not not as in how did it. <laughs> take place but i mean how did it how was it received the uh the royal family episode royal family episode how was it received it's a bit difficult to to say for sure but the uh episode um the the download numbers for the podcast have been strong right as as usual it seems my audience my audio audience or at least the the numbers i get through the podcasting uh platform are usually consistent. On YouTube, it did very well. So it was the number one uh, ranked uh, episode I published on YouTube um, in the last uh, month or so. Uh, so it, it did well compared to other recent videos and episodes I have uploaded. And as we speak now, it was published about a week ago, and it's it's had nearly 25,000 views on YouTube, which is not bad considering there's no actual video connected to it. It's just audio. So that's good. And and in terms of comments from people, um, yeah, I mean, you know, people gave their opinions and stuff. Generally speaking, it, people seem to appreciate the conversation, James, um, um, and people liked it. And some people thought I was a bit disrespectful to the Queen. Right? I don't know if it's some people. I think it's just one person who, who oh, okay. one person who commented basically that oh, I wish I could find that comment. I don't know if I'll be able to. Um, hold on a second. Just give me a moment. Oh yeah. So this is it. This comment was. Now most of the comments are really positive, but one of them said, "Hello, Luke. I'm sorry to say that I didn't like the way you two, especially James." <laughs> spoke about the possible death of the Queen. The possible death of the Queen. I know where he's coming from because we talked about it. You know, maybe you shouldn't talk about these things until they happen, but I think there's one thing we can guarantee. We're all going to die. Sorry. That's right. That's the only, th the only thing you can be sure of in everything in the world is that that... That will happen. Is the case. All things must pass. Uh, but yeah, I, I get where this person is coming from. We didn't mean to be disrespectful, but I mean, you know, yeah. We're just thinking in historical terms, really, because, you know, this this will be a part of history and we are living through history. Yeah, we didn't mean to be disrespectful. Um, and I think just talking about it, it's not going to make it happen any sooner, I don't no. think. And um, also, we're quite lucky to live in a society where we can criticise the royal family and our leaders without fear particularly that's not to say that we are criticizing the queen for being alive um <laughs> no <laughs> but, um, but you know there's a certain level of free free speech thank god that where you know we can talk about the i'm afraid um, um, um negative yeah or, or, or we can we can talk about 
we can put into words the fact that the Queen is not immortal. You know, that's, oh, yeah. that shouldn't yeah. be a shocking thing to say, really. But I understand where this commenter is coming from, that maybe it would have been a bit more um, um, appropriate uh, to um, talk in more remote terms about about that event, especially uh, during the weekend of her, her Jubilee. But, you know, again, we were just trying to cover the subject properly without... Um, you know, without pulling any punches, let's say. So um, the comment continues. This is the bit that I found quite, quite amusing, actually. I think you could have... So the commenter says, you know, I didn't like the way you spoke about the, the death of the Queen. I think you could have used the second conditional. Now, that means that instead of saying when the Queen dies or if the Queen dies, it would be if the Queen died, right? So talking about it as if it's a hypothetical... Uh, situation and it's not unreal or hypothetical i'm afraid i'm afraid it is a uh, it, it unfortunately it is a fact that uh, as you said james no one no one's immortal uh, so no one gets out of this alive no one gets out of this alive someone replied and the the commenter's name is just a single line and their <laughs> profile picture is just simply a white circle. So a completely anonymous person wrote back saying, I think 96 years old is a matter of beyond if, but of when. But I understood, I understand that you could find it uncomfortable. So, you know, again, when we said it in the episode, we, I'm sorry if we, you know, came across as uh, glib or uh, somehow uh, rude or anything like that. That's not that wasn't our atten- intention. We were just trying to talk about the subject um, in the in the complete way. There you go. Did you see that video I sent you of Robert Smith of The Cure talking about the uh, royal family? Yeah. So you sent me uh, after our episode and stuff. Yeah, you sent me a video of Robert Smith, the lead singer of a band, listeners called The Cure. Some people are going, yeah, 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 yeah. Other people are going, huh. Um, Right, so Robert Smith of the Cure. There's there's a video compilation of him on YouTube expressing his feelings about the royal family, and he doesn't like them at all. Uh, he doesn't I, mince his words. It's unlike us, who we were quite diplomatic, I think, but he is not, and he makes no bones about the fact that he wishes they didn't exist and they should be removed. But. He he hates them, but I mean, I have to say that what I got from that video was certainly his emotional position which is basically i fucking hate the royal family quote i think he hates the idea that people i mean he was talking about the honors system which is a system by where you get become become a lord if you supposedly have done something good for the country <laughs> although tony blair was given one recently so that's debatable well you know but what, um, you know was he good for the country i don't know well, that's what i'm saying that's yeah. why it's debatable um well yeah but in some ways yes but in some ways definitely not i mean obviously the iraq <laughs> thing was a fucking disaster but you know he he was instrumental in securing the good friday agreement which brought about peace in northern ireland so you know what i mean swings and roundabouts but yeah swings and roundabouts swings and death from above oh god jesus yeah but um what i was going to say is the, the what robert smith objects to is the fact that you can be given this lordship this lord status yeah and you're, it's called being given an honor yeah and he's saying who are these people to tell me what my status is right um i've done more achieved more than they ever have <laughs> i think was his angle and i don't need anyone to tell me that i've done well by an unelected person who's just happened to be born to the right person. Yeah, exactly. When the establishment 
which is, you know, when the establishment says, okay, well done, you deserve a, a little medal or you deserve a little title to show what a good boy you've been. The implication is that these people are somehow in a morally high position where they can essentially decide arbitrarily who is good and who is not good. Um, and it's obviously just a power. It's a power structure, isn't it? Um, yeah, we're getting we're getting into the series. Anyway, we're getting into it again. Let's move on. Yeah. So uh, going back to and Obi- another yeah. comment I noticed someone saying, "Why isn't James on video?" Well, I think I've got a good face for radio. So <laughs> <laughs> you got a good face for radio. That's a good phrase. I like that phrase. A good face for radio. Yeah, I think everyone you, can work. You don't out. have to explain that; they can work it out for yeah. themselves. I don't agree. I don't. No, f- I don't really agree. But I'm I'm just a bit self conscious, you could say, and I don't like the idea of. 20,000 people staring at my face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know entirely, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I quite like the radio format. I used to actually do a radio show when I was in New Zealand, just mainly music, and no one listened to it because there's not that many people in New Zealand. It's mostly sheep over there. But um, <laughs> uh, that's my kind of preferred format. It's just, you know, I prefer to listen to, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't often watch podcasts on video. I watch some of you. I tend to watch about half of them and then get bored. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I just get, I just busy. I never have a spare hour and a half, you know, in one go. Yeah, that's why I like audio podcasts because, you know, you don't have to just do only that. You can listen to yeah. it and you can kind of do some other stuff at the same time. You can travel or you can uh, do the washing up or you can just, you know, fold the laundry that you've just taken out of the washing machine. It's a great way of multitasking. Um, it's always quite fun listening to an audio book on the bus or train as well, because when a funny bit comes on, you laugh out loud and everyone thinks you're crazy. Yeah, that's what I like to do to my listeners. I like to I like to make them laugh out loud on public transport. In, in I imagine people in places all around the world. I don't need to imagine it. This true, and they're all they're on public transport and they're listening to some. I'm talking some stupid nonsense, and they can't help smiling or laughing. And I imagine that on this bus or whatever, everyone's a bit miserable because it's a Monday morning and they're all going to work and they're all you know, a bit miserable because that's what it's like on the bus. And then there's this one crazy person who's trying not to laugh and they almost think, what is, what's going on? And the the poor people on that bus have no idea what they're missing out on. The wonders and joy of, of podcasting. Um, yeah. um, I, I used to do that with the Alan Partridge book. Mm-hmm. I'd be sitting there on the bus and suddenly just go, or just like when it's worse when you're trying to hold it in and you're kind of like shaking a bit and you're kind of like <laughs> chuckling and then trying not to splutter and then you fail and kind of go <laughs> make a really stupid noise and everyone's like what's this problem or or you do that thing where maybe you've got a coffee from the coffee shop and you've got that on the bus and you just take a sip of coffee and alan partridge says something very funny and <laughs> classic you spray all the coffee out speaking of which i went to see the alan partridge live show Alan Partridge. So long-term listeners will know. Short-term listeners will be completely lost. Uh, maybe they're not even... Maybe they're, they're already... They've already become skeletons with headphones on at this point. But um, Alan Partridge is a comedy character uh, played by an actor and comedian called Steve Coogan. Uh, I, I won't say more, except that I've done six episodes of this podcast about Alan Partridge. So uh, you can go and check them out. Just look in the archive, episode archive, search for Alan, A-L-A-N, and you'll probably find them. So Alan 
he's back in a in quite a big way and he's he's been doing a stage show um right touring this show around the united kingdom and and the republic of ireland uh doing these performances and the show is called stratagem which is not a word is it stratagem it's kind of a cross between strategy and something else oh no it is a word Okay, I didn't think it was, but it is. It's not a commonly used word. Stratagem, very partridge-esque. It's a plan or scheme, especially one used used to outwit an opponent or achieve an end. So it might be um, maybe a. Strat- it's just another word for strategy, is it? A strategy that we, you would use to 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 beat an opponent. But right. It's it's the sort of it's archaic. There you go. It's it's an archaic word, meaning people don't really use it anymore. Okay, but anyway, so it's just that's very partridge using a word that people don't actually use anymore. But he probably believes it's the right word. Uh, but really, he's just trying to sound cleverer than other people by using a quite big sounding word. But actually, no one really uses it. Um, but anyway, stratagem. So what's the what's the idea? You went to see the show, right? Yes, I did. It's basically a bit like a cross between a TED talk. And a kind of light entertainment extravaganza. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, so there's dancers, there's various guests, there's uh, big screens, there's a set. Yeah. It was good, very funny in places, l- slightly less funny in other places. Overall, three or four out of five, I'd say. Three or four out of three or four out of so three point five out. Of, Let's say three point five out of five, which isn't that high. Yeah, for partridge. Um, but I think, if I'm honest, my score was let down or was lowered by the fact that it was in the O2 Arena. The O2 Arena, which is which is probably my least favourite venue in the world. <laughs> it's a huge sort of enormo structure, enormo dome. Enormo Dome, um, which isn't Steve Coogan's fault. Um, he didn't build the it. The tickets were also quite expensive, which you can't help but be a bit influenced by when, you, when you, you're paying quite a lot of money. for. And then the venue is so crappy. Yes. Um, it's very big. I mean, there's, there's all these rest. It's like a sort of giant mall on the outside, or sort of the outer ring. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a dinner there with some friends, and the dinner was fine. You know, it's a bit more like yeah but you know nothing actually really wrong with it apart from that and then you go into the main arena and it's just like a huge sort of soulless arena basically and not even a very nice one like the the chairs were kind of crappy and just the general vibe is kind of a bit dead and i just don't like those really big corporate venues very much so it wasn't a great start for me and i think the audience was quite muted there was a few bits where you kind of would expect a big laugh you know a big payoff mm. after a kind of sketchy bit or a kind of extended section of the show and the laugh wasn't quite as big as it should have been if you know what i mean you, I know, do. you could feel it was kind of a bit, a bit lackluster lackluster places. there it is but um there was some that said there were some very funny bits the bit with his irish uh, guest who's uh, supposedly a lookalike of alan partridge who's actually Steve Coogan playing him as well was very good. He's on the big screen and obviously Steve Coogan's talking to himself. So they've worked out a system where he, he, he waits for the right amount of time and it appears that they're talking to each other on a live link up. Right. 
that worked very well. And he's not just sort of taking the piss out of the Irish because he's got Irish heritage himself. His family's from Ireland, Coogan I believe. does, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of allowed to. And he's very good at doing an Irish, a very specific Irish accent. It's brilliant. And quite often the Irish guy kind of has the last laugh as well. Yeah. So he's kind of made, Steve sort of comes on with a slightly superior attitude and he's made to look stupid. Right. Um, so that, that worked quite well. <laughs> some of the some of the other bits didn't. Anyway, go on. Uh, we're going to come back to the uh, Irish guy in a minute because there was a funny joke that you shared with me that, that you heard during that, that bit of the performance. Oh, that was, yeah, I've forgotten about that. Bit, yeah, hold, yeah. Just, just hold that thought. But just like going back to the venue, I just wanted to say, yeah, when you... A show, when a show happens in a massive venue like that, which is a huge, uh, pl- I don't know how many seats there are in the Millennium Dome, but it's a bit like a f- stadium, you know, it's like a huge place. And um, yeah, it's it's not great. It's not really great because uh, you just don't feel connected to what's happening on the stage, even though they've got the big video screens. And even though Steve Coogan is a brilliant performer who's able to make his performance very big, you still feel quite disconnected. You're so far away from what's actually happening. And yeah, it does have an effect on the atmosphere in the place. And it's also like, it's also so big that the people at the back hear the, the, the joke, like a fraction of a second after the people in the middle or at the front. So it actually takes them a little bit longer to get the joke. And then they laugh and that laughter takes time to reach the stage or reach other members of the audience. So it's not like you can get an audience responding in unison, you know, and that's what you need to create the right atmosphere in a show. You need um you need the you need the audience to just be one thing responding like together. Um yeah. and and that's how you create the right rhythm and all that stuff. Uh so yeah, it must have been I can imagine for Steve Coogan it was hard work to do a room of that size. But over and also at half time, it's like it's half time. Go and get yourself a beer. Ten thousand people, not ten thousand people, but say four thousand people, try and get to the bar. Mm-hmm. Mainly it has to be said, middle aged white blokes who do like to drink lager. So the bar was packed immediately. No one, you know, half the people in the venue couldn't get a drink. Yeah. So you're in a very hot venue, thinking I could really do with a flipping drink, and you have to go back to your seat after sort of hanging around trying to get served and then not managing to. So yeah, that's kind of a minor point, but it's kind of an irritant when you, it would have been much nicer to sit there with a nice cold beer for the second half. Yeah. But there's just like a massive, massive crowd of people all elbowing each other to try and get to the bar. And you just think I can't even try. I can't even. Um, Yeah. And afterwards, afterwards there was actually a fight. We went to um, get a pint after the show. And we were in All Bar One, which Luke, you'll know, is a classy venue. All Bar One, just your standard high street uh, beer selling establishment where they just have a long with, bar and they sell loads of lager. And it's just with like. Slight pretension of being classy, which makes it less classy somehow. The fact that it <laughs> thinks it's a bit classy. It's like if McDonald's kind of did like McDonald's. You know, if, do, if McDonald's plus, made, made a. You know, if, if McDonald's did a, it, did a bar, then it would be like this. They try and make it all classy, but it's still got that underlying sense of cheap, cheap unsophistication. Maybe we're being a bit snobbish there, but yeah, it's the sort of place where you, people might dress up in a nice shirt. Smart to, casual. Smart casual clothing. 
and you go in there and it looks quite nice on first glance. At first glance? Yes, it's at first glance, not on first glance. At first glance, the first time you look at it quickly. Okay? But then, um, yeah, there might be a fight in there or maybe a fight afterwards. So you went to the All Bar 1 at the O2 for a drink after the show and it was packed and there was a fight, was there? It wasn't much of a fight. It was a bit of a grapple more than a fight. What happened? (laughs) Well, I was out of the way, actually, um, because there were so many of us trying to get served... um, the friends I was with said, tell you what, why don't you grab a table and we'll get the beers. So I said, okay, thankfully, I was quite happy to get out of that crush at the bar. Mm. Grabbed a table, which there was one left, um, sat down and kind of, you know, spread out, mind, you know, sort of <laughs> claimed the table slightly. Yeah. And then they came back and they said, oh, you lucky you got out of there. There was a fight right next to where you were standing. Ooh. And I said, oh, what happened? And they said, well, one bloke was trying to push in quite aggressively. Another bloke grabbed his face and grabbed his jaw and sort of shoved him out the way with his hand. So they didn't actually fight with fists. He sort of grabbed his face and shoved it away or something like that. The bouncers, the bouncers kind of removed this aggressor. Oh, they, they came in and they removed him. So, yeah, so one guy just came steaming through the... The, the group of people, this is what your girlfriend said to me, um, he came steaming through, sort of pushing people out of the way, like women and children. I don't know if there were <laughs> women and children, but anyway, uh, he was pushing people out of the way and being a, an ass. And uh, there was another guy next to him who decided not to tolerate it, he, which is, he was the hero of the moment. <laughs> no, he wasn't. They were both twats. They were both dicks. Okay. So he wasn't the hero. In his, in his head... <laughs> He was like, I will be the hero, but everyone else is thinking, just fucking don't be a dickhead, mate. Don't don't start some aggro. But he did. And uh, apparently he grabbed, he just grabbed the guy's chin. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, apparently. a really interesting uh, martial arts technique. I've never seen that done before in a fight. Just grab the guy's, <laughs> grab the chin. What's the thinking, what's the logic that bit there? Like, just hold his, grab his chin. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that from like martial arts instructors. You know, if you ever get into a fight, they always say just go for the eyes, jab the eyes, slap the ear, or uh, kick them in the in the groin to incapacitate the attacker. You know, those are the sorts of bits of advice that you get. They don't say just take your thumb and forefinger and grab their chin really firmly. Grab the chin, and then you will be able to just move them. <laughs> you'll have total control over them and you'll just be able to move them out of the arena of conflict. So this is apparently what happened. But the other guy, so the, the guy who pushed in got thrown out by the bouncers. What about the chin-grabbing guy? I don't know who got thrown out and who didn't, to be honest. Okay. I was, I was, I was guarding a table at that point. Yeah. Okay. You're well clear of the action. Um, so going back... I think back- that's why it kicked off because they thought, you know, the, the main... You know, the the, the, the the main alpha male in this group has, has moved. It's time for us <laughs> as lower level gorillas to fight it out. The, they thought the, sil- <laughs> the silverback gorilla has, has sat down. So we need to fight for dominance of this, this, of this, of this area. That's what they thought. Maybe they didn't realise it. Just the pheromones told them. Yeah. Must must dominate the area. That the, I, I sense no no alpha male in the in the vicinity because you you had sat down your silverback gorilla. You just sat down like that in your chair guarding the table, 
and so they, they suddenly the pecking order was was uh, changed and they had to fight for dominance i love that idea <laughs> anyway the point was that kind of gives you an idea of the atmosphere in the venue it wasn't really uh conducive to comedy gold yeah a bit of a moody vibe um moody vibe but so going back to this irish character that partridge oh, do you want me to has, tell the joke yeah so i just need to just re-establish what it is just in case people are completely lost you know remember skeletons with headphones on um do you know that do you know what i'm talking about yeah, I know what yeah. you're saying. So, um, yeah, Steve Coogan has this other character who is an Irish guy. What's his name? Uh, he's called Martin Brennan. Martin Brennan, and he's from, like, the west coast of Ireland or something like that. I don't know. So he's got a very strong accent, and he's, he's like, far removed from the world that Alan operates in, which is the world of show business and the competitive world of showbiz and the london-centric e- media london-centric media world uh, martin brennan lives probably in in much more peaceful oh god knows what his life is like but uh, anyway he's far far removed from the world of alan and he he ends up being on alan's show because he looks exactly like alan i mean he looks ex- <laughs> it's just a coincidence but it's like we found a, a guy who looks exactly like alan partridge let's have him on the show and alan then has to talk to him and and that's in the TV show, but then in the uh, in the in the stage show, uh, Martin Brennan comes back and they have like a Skype call or something like that, right? Now, Mark, <laughs> and what's the thing that happens? Can you explain? The joke is um, Martin says, "I like your jacket, Alan." I shouldn't do the accent, should I? No, you can do like it. It's all right. Ja- it's okay. I like your jacket, Alan. Oh, that's completely wrong. I like your jacket, Alan. It's something like I that. I like your jacket, Alan. I like your jacket, Alan. It's very colourful. He goes, oh, thanks very much. I got it from a you know so and so shop, and he says, uh, you know, I get them free. Have you heard of a brand ambassador? A brand ambassador. Mm. And uh, Martin goes to the guy next to him. Have we heard of a brand ambassador? <laughs> Brendan, this joke will not work in no, international circles. It's not going to work. No jokes ever do, James, except for like. But it sounds five... like Brandon ambassador. Yeah, let's just run through that again. So, oh no, we're dissecting no, no, a frog. We're dissecting the frog. This is what we do. Don't worry. Don't. It's fine. I'm a professional. I have a particular set of skills. I do this for a living. Okay. Martin says to Alan, he says to him, uh, I like your jacket, Alan. It's very colourful. And Alan goes, oh, thanks. Thanks very much. I got it from yeah, River Island. Have you heard of a brand ambassador? Because so what Alan is trying to say is, oh, I'm a brand ambassador for this company. He's, sh- he's now showing off that the company has has decided to sponsor him and they send him clothes to wear on TV as a marketing thing. Have you heard of a brand ambassador, he says to Martin. Martin's got no idea what a brand ambassador is. In fact, he completely mishears it. And he thinks he's talking of he's talking about uh, Brandon Bassiter, a person. Right, Brendan Bassiter or Brandon? Have you have, yeah. you, have you heard of a of a of a brand ambassador, Martin? Uh, have we heard of a Brendan Bassiter? He says to his his friend or wife off screen. Martin, there you are. It's good to see you. You look you're looking good. I was fit as a fiddle, and you're not looking so bad yourself. Thank you. You're awful smart. How much you pay for your jacket? Um, I get free from Burton's. <laughs> You hear that? You, your man gets his eyes towards free. It's a, it's a, I don't know. Have you heard of a, it's, have you heard of a brand ambassador? Do we know a brand ambassador? <laughs> brand ambassador. <laughs> you see, a brand 
the teacher in St. Joseph's. I know the name. There you go. Well, we enjoyed it, didn't we, James? I mean, it's, it's a good joke, as long as you don't have to explain it first. <laughs> um, but the good, I mean, in the original, in the series where the guy first popped up, it was a pretty amazing bit of television because at the end of the show in the series, this is not the live show, this is in the TV series where we first met this Irish character. Uh, he starts singing a song and Alan's desperately trying to stop him saying, look, I've got a really good montage to show, you know, stop interrupting my TV show. But they obviously, the director goes, no, this is great. Let's, let's go with it. So they start singing a, a quite quaint sort of Irish folk song. Mm -hmm. Then his mates join in and they quickly start singing <laughs> IRA rebel songs. IRA which, rebel songs. Which are basically songs about the uh, occupation of Ireland by the British sung by um, Republican Irish tempers, terrorist sympathizers, you could say. <laughs> the and IRA, kind of like, terrorists. Pro, yeah. yeah. Freedom fighters, terrorists, you know. Pro, they're protest songs and they're kind of taboo in Britain, I'd say. So certainly never been shown on British TV before. But because it's done in the context of a comedy show, they can kind of do it. Yeah. And uh, so these songs, they played them, I think, in pretty much... There's one called Come Out, You Black and Tans, which is about come out, you uh, British army and fight us like a man and, you know, mm. we'll send you home with your tail between your legs and things like this. And they're songs that have never been heard on British TV before. And they played them at the end of this comedy show because in the context of the comedy, it was okay. And I think they actually went into the charts the following week. What, Come Out, You Black and Tans? Yeah, a couple of them, because yes. people were discussing them and they were played a lot on Spotify the following week. Yeah. And somehow it's just Steve even got away with this. And it's a, it's a genius bit of uh, telly. So this was on BBC One, right, uh, listeners? And uh, during in Alan Partridge's show, and just let me remind you, Alan Partridge is a character played by Steve Coogan. And in this episode of This Time with Alan Partridge which is supposed to be a sort of primetime BBC show. Funny thing is, it is. it was a primetime BBC show because it was put on BBC television in an evening primetime slot. But it's a, uh, a, a, you know, a spoof show, a bit like the way Spinal Tap is a spoof. Uh, there's, it's a spoof band, a spoof documentary. Uh, the Alan Partridge show is a spoof as well. Um, and in this spoof, Alan's guest, Martin Brennan, who was presented, it's supposed to be just very light-hearted. It's like, oh, this is funny. Martin looks exactly like Alan Partridge. They're played by the same actor. And um, and it's kind of meant to be a, a, a fairly shallow interview where Alan talks to Martin. And then Martin sings a song with his friends who've got their Irish uh, instruments, their folk musicians. And then he starts singing the song and then they switch to another song which yeah they start singing protest songs ira songs right and uh yeah that that's that's an extraordinary because you know if you just need to know a few things about the ira and the relationship between ireland and uh and the uk to know you know and it's complicated but yeah uh, the ira are it depends how it depends on your perspective terrorists um, who who blew up uh, civilians with bombs, but 
also from their point of view, they're fighting to f- fighting for Ireland, North Ireland a, to be a, re- a United Ireland. United is what Ireland. There, yeah, there is problems with that though because there's a lot of Northern Irish that see themselves as British. In fact, a hell of a lot. Exactly. So it's not going. It's not going to happen. I'm afraid. Sorry. Not, not, not that I'm not that I'm biased either way. I'd like to find that out. I can definitely see the point of view of the uh, the Irish. Um, yeah, but unfortunately for their position, uh, there's a lot of loyal Brits who live in Northern Ireland that don't wish to be part of Ireland. So it's massively complicated and something that British people shouldn't really talk about too much because it's very easy to put your foot in it. Yeah, exactly. But here we are doing it. I'm putting both feet in <laughs> We've it. We've just done it. Sorry. My feet are both in it, as they say. Um, we need to finish in a minute, but we're, we're, we're in politics. We can't leave it here. And then, No, let's go back and, to something fun. And so quickly. Martin Brennan starts singing these IRA protest songs on the BBC, which is... Amazing, really, because it revealed, it made us all realise, oh, wait a minute, we've never heard IRA protest songs on the BBC before. Hmm, interesting that. So it was a really clever sort of criticism of the BBC establishment by the BBC. Ha ha! It's aha, there's no H. Did they put in a H? You did put an H in, yeah. Now, normally you're a farmer in the West of Ireland. I am. Okay. And uh, how long have you been an Allen impersonator? Since a week Thursday. It's a week Thursday. My cousin said, Martin, you look like the fella off the TV. Show me on the computer. I said, who the hell is that? <laughs> he said, it's... Um, you're Alan Partridge. I said, who the hell is that? He said, he's a famous fella. He used to be on the TV way back. I had never heard of you. I said, who the hell is that? Why you keep saying that? I never heard... I didn't know who you were. My, my cousin said... You'd be as well being a Martin Brennan impersonator in Sligo. Nah, because I'm never going to go there. You'll be welcome on the farm. As long as you roll your sleeves up, get your hands dirty. <laughs> get up the yards. <laughs> Who's that? It's my cousin. He said he'd like to see you on the farm. Your man would be feeding turf to the sheep, trying to get a pig to lay an egg. No. Ha-ha! <laughs> aha, there's no H. Ah, back at the H again. H. And I've not actually said aha for years. Uh, Well, Trevor and Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Good. Now, uh, I believe our intrepid campaigners are arriving to Downing Street to present their police dog petition. Let's have a look. Awful hot in here. Oh. Right, they're not there. They've not got there. There's a cat. There's a cat. Martin, are you having a nice time? Grand. I've not put my hand in my pocket since I left. And they're paying me £500. So if any fool wants to pay me £500 to gibber and jabber, I'll take his money. It's a standard fee. So. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time no, for we couldn't tonight. let you go without a little song. Well, no. Thank you anyway, but we've got uh, a great montage of police dogs set to music. We do, indeed, yeah. I love you as I never loved before. You're going to ruin a slow-mo sequence of Alsatians jumping up and biting I the arms of dog handlers set to Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. It's great TV. Come on, lads. Come, on. Come to me. Please stop playing. Or my dream of love is over. I love you as I loved you. When you were sweet. When you were sweet. Sixteen. Fight me like a man Show your wife how you won medals down in plan 
Sanders. Tell her how the IRA made you run like hell away from the green and lovely lanes of Kilmeshander. Armored cars and tanks and guns came to take away our sons, but every man should stand behind the men behind the wire. That was grand, that. Yeah, that. Mighty. Double O fucking bollocks. Oh, my God, that was like an advert for the IRA. Who are we going to blame? Yeah, also, yeah, it was it was just genius. I mean, in that series, he did a lot of things that you supposedly can't do. So he had a sort of scene where... Oh, God, who are we going to go? I'm going to talk about Benny Hill. There used to be a thing... Basically, in the 70s, there was very un-PC humour that involved semi-naked girls... Chasing a fat man around and vice versa. A fat man chasing some girls around. Well, they played a song called Yakety Sacks. As a fat man chases some half-naked women around a field. So very unsophisticated, very un-PC humour. And now in this day and age, you're not allowed to do that anymore. But somehow in Steve Coogan's programme, he did it. Because in the context of basically a... It was kind of a band like Pussy Riot that were doing a feminist protest against Alan's attitudes. Yeah. And in the protest, some of them were semi-naked and he ended up chasing them around trying to cover them up with his uh, notes. <laughs> yeah. And he said, look, stop filming. All we need is someone to speed this up and set it to Yakety Sacks and put it on YouTube and I'll look ridiculous. <laughs> so he kind of did that. that yeah. I don't know. I'm just... I'm just I'm not explaining myself very well, but he did lots of taboo subjects in a very clever way. But but he wasn't doing it because he wanted to do taboo things. He didn't want to bring back that that uh, he didn't want to make that acceptable again. It was oh, it's just very multifaceted uh, comedy with many different aspects to it. Maybe you can edit this bit out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, we're going for it. So he, yeah. It's too hard to explain, listeners. British humour. It's just, it's, it's a bit of a mystery, isn't it? It's just too hard to explain. But uh, it's sophisticated. You'll just have to take our word for it. We understand <laughs> it. We understand. It's hard to explain it. Um, it's but, kind of a clever way of doing something that's unacceptable, but in a way that's actually makes sense in the context of the programme as acceptable. It's criticizing. It's it's showing Alan as the both the object of the of the joke, and also the agent of the joke. It's yeah. It's getting too intellectual, James. I, I you know what? I actually do have to go. We've run out of time because okay. the usual well, thing is uh, what I always say on these podcasts when I've at the end when I'm at the end of a long rambling conversation. I say I've got to go and pick up my daughter from school. Yeah. Um, and I do. Are you going on an on an e-bike? Yeah, got I got my new e-bike today. It's part of a um it's part of a, a sort of uh, a rental scheme that the council has set up in Paris where they they at a reasonable price for 6 months you can rent an e-bike. So they've got all these e-bikes and they're letting people in Paris rent them for a good price uh, for 6 months and it's to encourage people to it's to basically establish the culture of, of e-bikes in the city, which is a good thing. That's great. And so, I, yeah, I got one. I picked mine up this morning, and it's freaking brilliant. It's great. That's great. And in, in contrast, our government, Boris Johnson's government, has just stopped grants for e- uh, electric vehicles. 
just scrap that plan. What? Because it's probably was costing them a few quid. So they're like, no, we don't need to help people change to electric cars. Costing them too much money and probably their friends uh, are in the, the uh, fossil fuel industries. It's just ridiculous. I mean, somewhere like Paris, they're, they're pushing forward with these progressive initiatives to reduce pollution and reliance on petrol. And over here, we've got the opposite. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Nope. Okay, well, on that, and on that bombshell. bombshell. <laughs> oh, dear. Don't even feel happy about using the word bombshell. But on that bombshell, listeners, that's something that Alan Partridge... Uh, typically used to say at the end of his show because the show always ended up in some terrible sort of uh, uh, controversial moment. Uh, I'll just go on. Just quickly say I might be getting tickets to see the ABBA live hologram show that isn't holograms. Yeah. In London. Wonderful. Well, you have to tell us about that. Yeah. it's Well, it's running until May 2023. Wow. Running for a whole year. Wow. This is ABBA, a big live show by ABBA, the band. They've reformed, but the performance is not actually ABBA. It's like digital projections of the the members of the group when they making them making them look younger and you can watch them dancing and performing, but it's not actually them. They it's like holograms. They're not holograms. They're just people all everyone's calling them holograms. They're not actually holograms. Uh, but wow, that I'm sure that would be amazing. We're trying to get free tickets through someone we know. Yeah. Well, good luck. And I'll report back if that happens. Please do. James, thank you so much All right. for talking to us. Say hello to your daughter and wife and stuff. I will. And my audience are very Be happy to, to listen to you on the podcast again. Be careful on your e-bike, please. I will. I'll be very careful. Um, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Have a good afternoon. Thanks. You too. Bye for now. Try not to be too hot. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. So thanks again to James for his contribution to this episode. If you would like to buy James a pint right? If you want to buy him a pint or just show your appreciation or support, um, because he's been in 37 episodes of my podcast now. So, you know, that's quite, that's a significant contribution. So if you want to buy James a pint or just show your appreciation or support, the best way to do that is to visit his page on bandcamp.com. Bandcamp is a website where artists, independent musicians, can uh, publish their work and have people uh, pay them for it directly. It's not like some other streaming platforms where, of course, all the music goes, but the artists don't really get that much in terms of the actual paid revenue. With Bandcamp, it's a way to help the artists by allowing them to sell their music and get what I think is the vast majority of the revenue or at least a good chunk of it. So you can visit James's Bandcamp page uh, on bandcamp.com and you could buy some of his music. And it's just digital versions. You can download them or just listen to them on Bandcamp. So it's jimthompson.bandcamp.com 
Jim Thompson, J-I-M-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N dot B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P dot com. Okay, jimthompson.bandcamp.com. And you know what, listeners, right? Don't tell anyone, okay? But you might be able to see a photo of him there. And while you're doing that, while you're feasting your eyes on the visual glory of James, and he's, he's very modest, you know, he says he doesn't have a face, for, he, he has a face for radio, he said, which means it's not a face that should be broadcasted on the TV. It's not a face you should see. He's modest. He's a lovely looking guy. So while you are feasting your eyes on the wonder of my brother's appearance, oh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but I'm promoting his music. Basically, while you're there, if you go to look at his picture, at least check out his music. Now, he he makes mostly electronic music, right? Sort of ambient, minimal stuff, techno, some hip-hop. If that's kind of your, your thing, then you can buy his music. And as I said, most of the money, if not all of it, or at least a large part of it, will go directly to him. So you can support him like that. I think you can get a lot of his stuff for... You know, he's got different albums and EPs on there. And, you know, just buy a couple of things. It's like buying him a couple of beers. Right? Um, You can support him like that. And also you can get some of his music too. Some of his tunes. Which are getting better all the time. As he expands his collection of different music making apparatus. So, jimthompson.bandcamp.com so I'm, I'm now going to ramble for, I don't know how many minutes, a, a few minutes, not too many. Um, I'm, and uh, so let me just talk to you for a little bit. All right. So first of all, LEP Premium. Hello, Premium listeners. Um, I'm also talking to the non-Premium listeners here as well. But uh, Premium people, hello. Uh, yes, it's it's been, a I guess, a slow couple of months for LEP Premium. And if you're wondering why it's been a while since I uploaded new stuff, it's because I am currently working behind the scenes to make a few changes to the way that I deliver premium content to you. Also, I have been making a series of premium episodes, but I'm sort of holding on to them until I know exactly what is happening with the system. This this is not very clear. I will explain it to you properly in due course. Not right now, but suffice to say that uh, I've got premium content waiting, but I just have to hold on for a bit because we're making some changes to it. Okay. I say we, I am working with a potential new podcast host and a new system, but it hasn't been arranged properly yet. So I can't really say with any certainty exactly how it will work, but I am holding on to some premium content that I've been working on. And once things have been sorted out, then poof, it will be being published. It will be being published. There you go. What was that? Will be being published. Future, continuous, passive. Grammar, 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 grammar. So so that series that I've been working on, that's the story time series, which I've been meaning to do for ages. I actually finally got down to it and I wrote about 15 stories, all true stories from my life, which I can use to teach you grammar, vocabulary and pronunciation. Uh, that's coming up on LEP Premium as soon as possible. Don't worry, I'm still working on the premium stuff and I have no intention of stopping or anything. In fact, quite the opposite. I'm just trying to... Um, improve it. Um, Remember, 
If you need any information about your premium account, any questions about it, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info because I've put answers to all of the frequently asked questions about the premium subscription there. So it's full of information. Okay, it's not just a sales page or something. It's an information page and you can find out details. Uh, premium info, teacherluke.co.uk dot co dot uk oh, i could have chosen an easier website address couldn't i i was like keep it british dot co dot uk should have just gone for teacherluke.com <sighs> right lep.com luke's it you know what teacherluke.com it works as well because i've got that but it's just not the uh, what are you you're rambling i know shut up it's fine teacherluke.com if you'd prefer or at least teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. Um, loads of information there. I also just want to say to all of you, especially the premium subscribers and the people who have donated to me, but also to those of you who listen and listen until the end of episodes like this and leave comments and so on. Thank you for supporting my show. Okay. This is like the moving emotional bit. I've been doing this now for... We need some moving music in the background. Let's see if I can find some. Maybe I'll add some in post-production. I've been doing this podcast now for over 13 years. And when I first started, it was just a dream. I thought maybe one day I'll be able to do this and do what I love doing. And also provide for my family at the same time. When I thought that, I didn't have a family at, the t- at that time, but I had a vision, a dream, let's say. The dream was to talk shit into a microphone and have people listen to it. No, the dream was to do Luke's English podcast and be able, you know, it's just this. My dream was to do this. And thank you. You're allowing that to happen. I mean... It's good, right? It's a good it's good for everyone, right? What am I trying to say? Thank you for supporting my show. There there are always so many episodes I want to make, things I want to say and do, including different topics, different techniques, more language focused content, although that's mainly for the premium side of things, uh, returning guests, new guests, and all the things that people often request or suggest, like please can we have this? Please can we have that? Sometimes, I have to say, sometimes those requests are sent to me in, uh, I don't know, slightly undiplomatic ways, like what, what, what I sometimes notice, and it's obvious, right? If you do this, listeners, this is kind of obvious. So I'll post an episode, learn English with a funny story, and one of the comments is, please, can you do an episode with Rick Thompson? It's like, oh, it's just another way of saying, I don't want this episode. I want one with Rick Thompson instead. You know, just think about the pragmatics of uh, of of the way that communication works and <laughs> what the effect is that you would have on the person receiving the message. It's all right. I understand you're enthusiastic. You want an episode with Rick Thompson or with James Thompson or another with Jill Thompson. By the way, I've got an episode with Rick Thompson coming soon. I'm afraid it's not the Rick Thompson report. I'll tell you about that in a moment. So uh, where was I? What was I saying? Basically, there are only so many hours in a day and days in the week. Uh, It's tricky to do everything and I don't want to overload you or myself. Now, 
These are not complaints I'm making, by the way, nor are they excuses. I'm just attempting to have a bit of transparency here at Luke's English Podcast HQ, or headquarters. Okay, so there's that. What else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah, okay, I was going to say the Rick Thompson report. So I've got an episode with my dad coming up. It's not the Rick Thompson report. I know everyone's going, oh, now. Some of you are. Although, you know, um, I think that we should just feel lucky that we get Rick Thompson on the podcast talking about whatever we happen to be talking about because, you know, the, the man's a legend. The man, the myth, the legend. I mean, also, just in terms of just his 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 CV, right? He's he's a he's a media broadcasting consultant. He's also a, a moderator, and he's an author of nonfiction books. And um, you know, we get him on the podcast free, so I think we should all feel very lucky. I certainly do. I'm very glad. I feel very privileged to be able to have my dad as a contributor. So. Uh, Dad will be back on the podcast soon in in, a, in maybe one, two or three episodes time. And we're talking about something that we've been planning to talk about on this podcast for months, like since Christmas, since December of last year. We planned to do this episode and it's only just today, this morning, in fact, that I recorded it with him. I'll say no more. I don't want to build up expectations or anything. Who knows? Maybe I'll lose all the audio files and I won't be able to upload it. But at some point, you should receive an episode with Rick Thompson. It's related to British history and literature, myths and legends and things like that. Okay. It's hot. It's seriously hot. It's now, as I said, the day... It's the day after... The day after I recorded this... Does that make sense? It's two days after I recorded this conversation with my brother. It's now Friday, late afternoon. As you know, it's like it's it it it's after six p.m. now as I record this, and the current temperature is, according to my app on my phone, it's thirty-four degrees C, with a feels-like temperature of thirty-six degrees. So it's basically it's thirty-six degrees, isn't it? But my pod room is not too bad, actually. You know, compared to what previous pod rooms have been like the podcastle here it withstands the heat quite well and i don't get any direct sunlight in my window which also helps another thing that helps is that if i open the a window in the corridor just outside my room and i open the window in my room of course i'm not going to sit here with the window closed and then i prop open the door of my room just a little bit if i keep it ajar by propping it open with an object in this case, it's I'm using a retro plastic skateboard. <laughs> Important details. Then, if I do that, if I open the window here, open the window in the corridor outside and prop open the door, then I get a slight breeze blowing through the room and this really helps to keep me cool. It's like sort of natural air conditioning or otherwise known as wind. So that's a little tip I picked up in Japan. It's, it's common sense, of course just to like create a through breeze or through draft to keep the temperature down. But it, it was just one of those little things I used to do when I lived in Japan during those horrible hot summer days. Um, it's what I used to do to deal with the hot weather there. Um, always try to keep the air circulating if possible by giving the air somewhere to come from and somewhere to go. Somewhere to come from, somewhere to go. We nearly went into Cotton Eye Joe there again. Sorry about that, listeners. Sorry, by the way, if I gave you a horrible earworm 
recently with that Cotton Eye Joe thing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back a few episodes to the Sick in Japan one um, at the very end. Yeah, you know, I, I started talking about a, an old song, but enough about that. Uh, always keep the air circulating. There you go. Not only do you get useful uh, English listening practice and tips, you also get tips on how to keep your room cool. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm no expert on all of that. I'm sure that you've got better advice on keeping cool in the hot weather. Some of you do. So that's enough now. I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Leave your comments about these things, okay? Comments. Leave your comments about these things. So the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, have you seen it? Do you care? Maybe you don't care, which I totally understand. I mean, I am this close and I'm I'm holding my fingers a very small distance apart. I'm this close. Thumb and finger are half a centimetre apart. I'm this close to just giving up on Star Wars. <sighs> So anyway, have you seen the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Uh, Do you care at all? If you don't care, fine, move on. Uh, But if, you know, if you've seen it, what did you think? Do you agree with James and me that it's lacklustre? L-A-C-K-L-U-S-T-R-E or not? I could give more comments on that. I could talk about it at length, um, but I don't think I will because there isn't time right now. But otherwise, just go on Rotten Tomatoes and read some of the user reviews. You get both sides of the story. Some people who seem to think it's great and other people who think it's appalling and lacklustre and, and, and poor. So you can read them for yourself. That could be an episode, couldn't it? Just reading through user reviews. Um, anyway, what did you think of that? Um, do you always get your five portions of fruit and vegetables a day? And how do you do it? I mean, you know, what kind of things are you eating? Feel free to share your recipes and your eating habits if you fancy that. How is the weather where you are now? And how do you manage to cope with it if it's like really hot? Or maybe it's really cold, I don't know. Do you have any good tips for keeping cool or maybe keeping warm? But we're talking about hot weather, so do you have any tips for keeping cool? Maybe you just have air conditioning, fair enough. But what if you don't? Also, um, what is your favourite rock concert film? We mentioned Neil Young and the Rolling Stones at Altamont, which is more of a scary film than a really fun one. Uh, And also The Last Waltz and Woodstock, of course. Actually, talking of Woodstock, I wanted to mention here now in a completely different room with a completely different microphone, I just needed to mention that the performance by Santana uh, called Soul Sacrifice from the Woodstock Festival is amazing and along with The Who and Jimi Hendrix is definitely one of the highlights of the Woodstock Festival film so you've got to check out Santana Soul Sacrifice at Woodstock by the way I'm going to put some videos and other things on the page for this episode so you can check them out um, and I highly recommend that you check out the Santana performance if you haven't already seen it. Some some of you know it well, and you'll be thinking, yes, I'm glad you mentioned that, Luke. Others are like, fine, okay, great. But really, check out that if you like good music. Amazing performance, especially the drumming. And Santana just having to handle a live snake on stage. Not really, he didn't really have to handle a live snake. But the way he's playing the guitar... I think at the time he, he thought it actually was a snake. I'll say no more. Anyway, there you go. Just a little extra recommendation. I've got to stop this episode, haven't I? I really must, because this is becoming more ramble than conversation with James. Okay. 
But there are so many others, you know, obviously ones from more recent periods as well. It doesn't have to be stuck in the 60s and 70s. There are so many others. Which one is your favourite? Maybe you've never seen a, a proper rock music concert. I don't know. Actually, my all-time favourite concert film is probably Stop Making Sense by Talking Heads, directed by Jonathan Demme. Amazing film. You've got to see it. Stop Making Sense by Talking Heads. I think the whole thing's on YouTube. Stop Making Sense by Talking Heads. Amazing film. I think that's probably a good bit of advice, actually, for me here. Luke, stop making sense. Or just generally just stop. It's probably time. It's time to stop now. That'll do. Thank you so much for listening. I'm now going to stop making sense, or at least I'm going to start making... I don't know. I'm just going to stop. Have a nice day, night, morning, evening, and so on. Keep cool, and I will speak to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, But that's it. It's just time for me to try and finish this with an appropriate sentence so it's grammatically correct okay okay all right just stop luke it's fine you can just stop okay i'm gonna stop thank you bye 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 thanks for listening to luke's english podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.